My name is Neil Korobov. I am a professor of psychology at the University of West Georgia. I love a poem's ability to tell a story, to capture the subtlety of a human interaction, especially one that is familiar and ordinary. And then with the poet's perceptive sleight of hand to show us that in fact, there is nothing ordinary at all about it. That it is a living, breathing moment teeming with life. A moment that is actually extraordinarily rife with intimacy. It's like getting down on your hands and knees at the beach and peering into a tide pool and seeing an infinite universe of tiny limpets, snails, periwinkles and mussels. So much happening, so much, in such a seemingly still space. Wishing Well by Gregory Pardlow Outside the Met, a man walks up, sun tweaking the brim sticker on his starter cap. And he says, pardon me, old school. He says, you know, is this a wishing well? Yeah, son, I say sideways over my shrug. Throw your bread on the water. I tighten my chest, wheezy as Rockaway Beach sand, with a pull of faux smoke on my e-cig to cozy the truculence. I hotbox alone, and I am at the museum because it is not a bar. Because he appears to not have changed them in days, I eye the heel-chewed hems of his pants, and I think probably he will ask me for fifty cents any minute now. Wait for it. A smoke or something. Central Park displays the frisky transparency of autumn, tracing paper sky, Leaves like eraser crumbs gum the pavement. As if deciphering celestial script, I squint and purse off towards the roof line of the museum, aloof, as he fists two pennies from his pockets, mumbling. And then aloud, my man, he says, Hey man, I'm going to make a wish for you too. I'm laughing now. So what, you want me to sign a waiver? He laughs along. Ain't say all that, he says, but you do have to hold my hand and close your eyes. I make a starless night of my face before he asks, are you ready? Yeah, dog, I'm ready. Sure, sure, let's do this. His rough hand in mine inflates like a blood pressure cuff, and I squeeze back as if we are about to step together from the sill of all resentment and timeless towards the dream source of unneeding, the two of us hurdle, sharing the cosmic breast of plenitude. When I hear the coins blink against the surface and I cough up daylight like I've just been dragged ashore. See now, you'll never walk alone, he jokes, and is about to hand me back to the day he found me in like I was a rubber duck, and he says, you got to let go, but I feel bottomless, and I know he means well, though I don't believe, and I feel myself shaking my head no, when he means let go his hand.
This poem is from Gregory Pardlow's book, Digest, which he won a Pulitzer Prize for. It's a book he wrote while he was still an MFA student. He also wrote a memoir about his father, who was an air traffic controller, where he talks about his desire to escape his father's masculinity, which he describes as dismissive, mechanized, and hostile. I like Pardlow. I like the cut of his jib, as they say. He's the kind of poet I'd have a beer with. And every time I get a chance to listen to him, I enjoy him more and more. There are so many wonderful everyday conversations smuggled into his poetry and a real musicality to them. You can hear it when you read them. And I can't help but read them with a sort of sing-songy, almost spoken word inflection. This poem, Wishing Well, is just stunning. It's so good. It pulls you in and it holds you to the very end because it's a story and you want to know how it's going to end. It's deceptively good too because it's a poem about a simple everyday encounter. And so it's a commentary of sorts on what poems can be, right? It lets us know that poems don't have to be ornate, high and lofty, elusive, or overly intellectual or abstract. They can be deliciously and profoundly quotidian. This one's about the kind of everyday encounter with a guy on the side of the street that any one of us can and probably has had at some point. It's a poem about what we expect from strangers, which makes me think of my students and what we think they will want from us and how we sometimes, without even noticing, preemptively engage in a kind of anticipatory positioning towards them, like the man in the poem, where we ready ourselves and maybe attempt to inoculate ourselves from the power of their desire. About how the strangers we meet might need us and how they will press that need. It's about our relationship with another's desire then, and how ultimately the world rarely ever fully succeeds in shaping us how it wants, and how like in this poem, what we think they want is often not what they actually want, right? But it's something else, something actually life-giving. And so this is a poem about being surprised and healed in a way by the unanticipated gift of a communion we never expected. This poem is about being surprised not just by anyone, but by what the least of these might bring to us. Though the poem doesn't exactly say this, the man on the street with the heel-chewed hemmed pants appears to be a homeless man. And the man in, the in line at the museum anticipates he will ask him for something like a beggar might. He says, 50 cents any minute now, wait for it, a smoke or something. But that's not what happens. The man never asks him for that. There's a very biblical quality to this encounter. The stranger is a Christ-like figure, 
right? He asks nothing from him, but to give him his hand and join him in the making of a wish, to grasp hands and know you're not alone. He says after, see now, you'll never walk alone. And then when the time comes to let go, he says, you got to let go. It's a precious moment of safe and healing encounter when nothing is asked of us but to hold hands and make a wish. And we see how in that kind of reverential space, we are dragged out from ourselves, reluctantly, out of our solitude. It reminds me of the opening lines of David White's poem, Just Beyond Yourself, where he says, just beyond yourself, it's where you need to be. Half a step into self-forgetting and the rest restored by what you'll meet. Just beyond yourself, just beyond yourself, it's where you need to be. Half a step into self-forgetting and the rest, the rest restored by what you'll meet. This is a risky poem, too, because it's a poem that asks us to be comfortable with touch, which is tricky. Touch is a tricky thing in this day and age where so many abuse it. I have a friend in town who teaches yoga, and at the end of the hour, while everyone is lying flat on their backs in Shavasana, she walks quietly around the room and kneels behind each person and gently massages their shoulders and their faces. People would come from all over the area just to take her class because they love this final part so much where she would just simply touch them. Now I'm sure the gentle massage felt wonderful. She was a massage therapist after all, but it was more than just that. It was also about being touched and the kind of witness and intimacy that entails. This is a poem about what touch does, what it can do, how it helps us to let go and release something. Stephen Dunn has a wonderful poem called, I Come Home Wanting to Touch Everybody, where he says, the dogs greet me. I descend into their world of fur and tongues, and then my wife and I embrace as if we just closed the door in a motel. Our two girls slip in between us, and we're all saying each other's names, and the dogs, Buster and Sundown, are on their hind legs, people-style, seeking more love. I've come home wanting to touch everyone, everyone. And then later in the poem, he says, Every time the kids turn their backs, I touch my wife's breasts, and when she checks the dinner, the unfriendly cat on the dishwasher wants to rub heads, starts to speak with his little motor and violin. Everything, everyone is intelligible in the language of touch. It's a beautiful poem. Everything and everyone is intelligible in the language of touch. 
like with Naomi Shihab Nye's poem, Kindness, and how kindness is a way of knowing someone without understanding them. Touch is a way of making the other intelligible, knowable, without necessarily understanding them. And so Wishing Well is a poem about how touch heals, how the need and want for it rises up and fills the room and is the only thing that matters. Touch as a letting go of loneliness and a way of easing back into the intimacy of your home or your identity. Touch enables lack to disappear. Like in the poem, it may lead to a kind of flourishing, fullness, or rescue. How, after holding hands, the man feels the cosmic breast of plenitude and coughs up daylight, like he's just been dragged ashore. It speaks to how we are often drowning in aloneness and how touch pulls us from aloneness and drags us to the shore of human connection. Wishing Well is ultimately a poem about aloneness, but with a sweet and hopeful ending and a clear and simple way out. We will encounter aloneness in ourselves as teachers and in our students a million times over. In fact, breaking through our students' often quiet aloneness, quite often disguised as the kind of e-cig smoke and aloof truculence that we see in the man in the poem, is a huge and important task. The philosopher-poet David White has some wonderful things to say about this kind of aloneness and about our need to build a kind of stamina for it and creativity towards it. He notes that aloneness is perhaps about ceasing to name things as you see those things, which is often in too small a way. The part of us that is naming things is trying to control the world, trying to keep things in knowably safe boxes while all the while another more vulnerable and brave part of us wants to rise up, a part of us that isn't trying to hold everything by the shirt collar and mold it to fit our desire or our lack, but to let go and let yourself alone in a radical kind of way, to leave yourself to be yourself. There are so many ways to do that, and maybe here in this poem we find one way where we find this man's aloneness as an enabling condition or the tangible felt possibility of a clearing space where we can let go of our aloneness and we can forget it for a minute and be touched from the clean and healing desire of a stranger. If this can happen on the side of a street in a brief moment with someone we don't know, then it can happen in the classroom, but only, only if you're looking for it and you're willing to not name another's desire too quickly and instead simply reach out and touch and be touched and feel rescued from your aloneness.
Wishing Well by Gregory Pardlow. Outside the Met, a man walks up, sun tweaking the brim sticker on his starter cap. And he says, pardon me, old school. He says, you know, is this a wishing well? Yeah, son, I say sideways over my shrug. Throw your bread on the water. I tighten my chest, wheezy as Rockaway Beach sand, with a pull of faux smoke on my e-cig to cozy the truculence I hotbox alone. And I am at the museum because it is not a bar. Because he appears to not have changed them in days, I eye the heel-chewed hems of his pants, and I think probably he will ask me for fifty cents any minute now. Wait for it. A smoke or something. Central Park displays the frisky transparency of autumn. Tracing paper sky, leaves like eraser crumbs gum the pavement. As if deciphering celestial script, I squint and purse off towards the roof line of the museum, aloof, as he fists two pennies from his pockets, mumbling. And then aloud, my man, he says, hey man, I'm going to make a wish for you too. I'm laughing now. So what, you want me to sign a waiver? He laughs along. Ain't say all that, he says, but you do have to hold my hand. And close your eyes. I make a starless night of my face before he asks, Are you ready? Yeah, dog, I'm ready. Sure, sure, let's do this. His rough hand in mine inflates like a blood pressure cuff, and I squeeze back as if we are about to step together from the sill of all resentment and timeless towards the dream source of unneeding. The two of us hurdle sharing the cosmic breast of plenitude when I hear the coins blink against the surface and I cough up daylight like I've just been dragged ashore. See now, you'll never walk alone, he jokes, and is about to hand me back to the day he found me in like I was a rubber duck. And he says, you got to let go, but I feel bottomless. And I know he means well, though I don't believe, and I feel myself shaking my head no when he means let go his hand. With our hands bound, we can only know the feeling of our bodies open. With eyes and salt Only meaning of your voice is now a silent corner
The poem Wishing Well by Gregory Pardlow is from his book, Digest. A special thanks to the University of West Georgia for providing the time and resources needed to create this project.